Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. At the White House today, President Biden hosted uh, the boy band from Korea, BTS, uh, for what was undoubtedly a very confusing afternoon for Joe. Uh, I would watch a nine-part documentary about the White House staffers who had to explain what BTS is to Joe Biden. Is that the sandwich with the bacon and the lettuce? No, Mr. President. Wow. Wow. I would watch a nine-part documentary. (laughs) That's hilarious. That is funny. I was reminded that BTS is the... uh, the initials of the Korean phrase that means essentially bulletproof Boy Scouts, which okay. is an odd name. We broke down K-pop during our podcast yesterday called One More Thing. You can get that at, where do you get that? Armstrongandgetty.com? Sure, wherever you like to get podcasts. Where? Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. Not to be confused with Armstrong and Getty on Demand, which is the live radio show butchered into easily digestible pieces uh, via podcast. I think we're actually going to have gun legislation for the first time in a long time, for better or worse. I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen. And uh, the bipartisan efforts moving along right now, and I don't remember the last time there were any bipartisan efforts, uh, would be expanding background checks. Would that have had any effect on the last two shootings? I don't think so. Depends if juvenile psychiatric care was uh, included in the case of the uh, monster in Buffalo. Red flag laws, which could have had an effect. Again, it's I'm not sure that it would have. Uh, most people seem to be in favor of that sort of thing. Of course, the, devil, the devil's in the details on all of those things. Yeah. And then possibly the raising the age to 21 for long guns, because it is the age 
limit is 21 for handguns already. So those are the things that might actually happen. Um, the last one definitely would have had an effect on the last two shootings because those were both teenagers. You know, Tucker was on the question last night of how the child-murdering piece of garbage in Texas uh, got thousands of dollars worth of guns and ammunition. I mean, literally, he paid two grand for one of the rifles. Yeah, they're expensive. They're very expensive. And had probably a thousand dollars worth of ammunition and another long gun that was worth a thousand or dollars, a thousand dollars or so. This guy was a part-time worker at Wendy's, and and I don't think Tucker ever got to the answer of that. I haven't uh, heard, question, but I haven't heard the explanation. I remember that question being asked in the first twenty-four hours. Where does a kid come up with the kind of money required to buy those guns and that ammunition and everything like that? And mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. heard that answered. Um, it's a bit of a, a crime-ridden family. Parents, grandmother, all criminal records. Both parents and the grandma um, had records including aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, trying to pass off a fake check, etc. That sort of stuff doesn't mean you're going to raise a mass murderer. But um, Yeah, it's interesting. Grandpa said if he'd known, known there were guns in the home, he would have turned him into the cops because right. he's a felon. He's not allowed to have guns in his home. That's granddad. Mom was a drug addict, etc. Um, on the topic of preventing angry lunatics from hurting innocent people, uh, Canada, oddly, reacting to some of the shootings in the U.S., perhaps you heard their pretty little uh, prime minister announced uh, that Canada... Uh, is is going to pass a bunch of laws, and they're expected to pass that would require owners of quote military style assault weapons uh, to re- to turn their firearms over to the government in a buyback program. It's not voluntary; it's required. It would tighten the country's already stringent control of firearms. Canadian government also announced new regulations that will ban the sale, purchase, importation, or transfer of any handguns. We are capping the number of handguns in this country, said the prime minister. Which, so we are going to see a heck of an experiment unfold uh, yeah. across our northern border. Yeah, and Canadians get to do what they want to do. It's none of my business, and they don't have a Second Amendment. But it's an interesting reaction to a couple of long-gun mass shootings in another country that you decide in your country we're going to do away with handguns. All right. You know, if that's what the Canadians want. Then that's what they'll do. But it's just the an program interesting reaction. Echoes a semi-automatic weapons ban and buyback program launched by New Zealand in 2019 after the horrific uh, slaughter there in Christchurch at the mosques uh, after a mass shooting in 1996 in which a gunman killed 35 people in the town of Port Arthur, Australia. The government there collected more than 650,000 semi-automatic rifles and many shotguns after they were banned under new legislation. Uh, the buyback should begin by the end of the year, according to Canada's public safety minister. Again, it will be very, very interesting to see how that drama unfolds in the Great White North. Back to the economy briefly, as that is by far the number one issue in the country. New Quinnipiac poll out. What is the most urgent issue facing America? They gave a long list of things. A whole bunch of them got single digits. And here are the big four, counting up from... Fourth to first. Uh, In fourth place, immigration. In third place, election laws. Those are both uh, seven and eight percent, single digits. Abortions at 11 percent. I don't know if it still will be by the time the election gets here. You know, it's been in the news a lot. Of course, we're going to have the going to have the decision come out any day now. Now that we're into June and uh, it'll be a giant story for 
days, weeks, probably. Yeah, I'm interested, though, that that number remains as low as it is at this point. You know, activists are good at screaming, everybody cares about this. This is the biggest thing ever. And you start to believe them. Uh, but abortion is only 11% of people picked that as the most searching issue facing America. Triple that, by far, number one, not even close, at 33%, inflation. Mm-hmm. That is the one that you're buttoned up against every single day. And so CNN pointing out the net approval rating on the economy at this point in a presidency going back, geez, they go back 50 years, 40 years, clear back to Reagan. So Reagan at this point was uh, 15 points upside down because in 1980, coming out of a really bad economy that uh, you know happened under Jimmy Carter. When he was upside down by 26 points, Jimmy Carter was, Biden is tied for the worst rating on the economy for a president in the last 40-some years at 26 points upside down. I said, you're kidding me. So the whole, it's the war in Ukraine thing, or whatever excuse they're trying to use, is a pandemic. I mean, what was I supposed to do? Is, 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 it's not working with the public, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, I hate to be a drag because, you know, you won't invite me to your next uh, backyard barbecue. Uh, but uh, thinking back to the 70s, in which I was a very young person, but uh, weirdly reading the news all the time. Plus, you know, I, I've looked back on it. The Arab oil embargo, which really started the headaches um, in the early mid 70s. Uh, and then there was rampant inflation, uh, deflation high unemployment, lots of crime, et cetera, et cetera. Then Reagan comes in 1980, and I think a lot of folks have kind of a rosy memory of his administration and his leadership and everything, but it took a couple of years to get the economy straightened out and turned around. Oh, yeah, 80, 81 were bad years. So it was really more like 82, 83 um, before there were significant hints of, okay, everything's really starting to turn around and be better. So there was, man, there was a decade and then come, of, of crappy. And then come 84, he wins 49 states. Right. Um, so, so, so I think what Joe Getty is just saying that Joe Biden is going to, uh, uh you know, we're just a year or so in, it's going to turn it all around and he will <laughs> probably win every state except for Texas or Florida. And uh, and go on to a, a glorious second term in his in his early nineties. <laughs> well, he's going to win it from heaven because I don't think he's going to be with us. Um, oh, no, I'm just saying, crappy lasts for a while sometimes. He's going to win it from heaven. Yeah. And the yeah. other economic thing, this is fascinating. Fascinating. A paper published this week by two economists calculated how much did the shift to remote work factor into the rise in home prices in america which has been just spectacular yeah these two economists say that the mass shift to remote work accounts for 15 percentage points of the 24 percent increase in home prices between november 2019 and 2021 i'd say within the margin of error that's a pretty solid conclusion makes perfect sense put another way more than half of the overall growth in house prices in the pandemic can be attributed to demand spurred by remote work. Over half. Fascinating. This is fascinating, Spock. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So that was people 
deciding they could move to an area they previously couldn't move to because they don't need to commute anymore? Or Yeah, or, or deciding, hey, as long as I'm working from home, uh, my home's too small. Let's get a home with an office, plus some space for you to do your thing, too, sweetheart. You know, that sort of deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, does remote work continue? Do people go back to the workplace now that we're getting a more complicated view of how well that works? And then house prices go down because of that? Or I don't know what happens. Mm, I think you're pretty close. Yeah, it'll take a while. It'll kind of filter down. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, so coming up, speaking of the pandemic, so interesting. Masks work. Mask mandates don't work. And there are caveats to both those, so don't get all crazy on me. Oh, um, God, Joe, I was about to really let you have I'm, it. I'm begging you. Plus, speaking of people being in heaven, I'm begging you. Don't get too close to the bisons at Yellowstone. Okay? <laughs> Stay with us for a chilling, chilling warning. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We have a national lifeguard shortage going on. Like, it's a serious problem. Like, a third of pools might not be able to open because there aren't enough lifeguards. Get into the details of that later, maybe. It's even worse than that, though, for reasons I didn't think of. Call me a dunderhead, but uh, again, more on that to come. Uh, Also, uh, you're asking yourself, am I too close to this bison? At the moment its horn has gone through you and you're flying through the air, the answer is clearly yes. But then it's too late. Stay with us for a chilling bison warning, which is really only necessary if you're a flaming moron. You know, I've said uh, many times throughout the years, and I've tried to live up to this, if you call your dog, it takes your dog a while to come to you, but it finally comes to you, you don't kick it when it gets there. You welcome it. You praise it for coming to you. Perhaps you're displeased that it took that long, but ultimately it came your way. Likewise, when perhaps the liberal media, years later, well, a couple of years, having done enormous damage through their zeal to prove how untrump-like they were by insisting on various COVID mandates that brutalized our children for it. I'm kicking the dog, aren't I? <laughs> That brutalized the children have caused enormous problems. We have more information on that. It's even worse than we thought. And yes, I know, we thought it was pretty bad. But so the New York Times, with a really interesting article, they start out, COVID cases and hospitalizations are rising in the U.S. and deaths are starting to rise too. Actually, in the latest numbers, the deaths dropped down again below 300 for the first time, 300 a day for the first time in a couple of years that I've seen. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And a lot of discussion has returned on mask mandates. Schools in Philly, uh, Providence, Royal Island, Berserkley, California, Brookline, Mass, they've all reimposed theirs. Several colleges, uh, Eric Adams is saying, no, we're not doing that. But the lefty forces in that city are begging him to do it. Critics say, you leaders lack political courage. You're yielding to COVID fatigue rather than imposing necessary public health measures. But here's the really interesting part. The evidence suggests that broad mask mandates have not done much, if anything, to reduce COVID caseloads. 
Masks help. Mask mandates do not. As Dr. Shira Doran, an epidemiologist at Tufts Medical School, put it, quote, it is simultaneously true that masks work and mask mandates do not work. To start with the first half of the paradox, you, you got a decent mask, you put it on well, it stops the virus particles from coming out of your nose or mouth into the air and infecting other people. It's not perfect, but it helps. Laboratory studies have repeatedly demonstrated the effect. Given this, they write, you'd think that communities where mask wearing has been more common would have had many fewer COVID infections, but that has not been the case. In U.S. cities where mask use has been more common, COVID has spread at a similar rate as in mask-resistant cities. Mask mandates in schools also seem to have done little. Hong Kong, despite almost universal mask wearing, recently endured one of the world's worst COVID out- outbreaks. Uh, blah, blah, blah. After all, the effect of vaccines on severe... Oh, they talk about how you'd see a pattern. If there was a pattern, you would see a pattern. After all, uh, the effect of vaccines on severe illness is blazingly obvious in the geographic data. Places with higher vaccination rates have suffered many fewer COVID deaths. The patterns are clear, even though the world is a messy place and many factors are involved. But when you look at data on mask wearing, both before vaccines were available and after, you struggle to see any pattern at all. The main explanation seems to be that the exceptions often end up mattering more than the rule. The COVID virus is so contagious that it can spread during the brief times you take off your masks, even when a mandate is in place. And everybody from us to even belatedly Saturday Night Live was mocking what this next paragraph describes. Sure. Airline passengers, take off your mask to have a drink. Restaurant patrons, go maskless as soon as they're in, as soon as they sit down. Yeah. Yeah. School children let their masks slide down their faces. So do adults. Research by the University of Minnesota suggested that 25 to 30 percent of Americans consistently have their mask below their nose, meaning it's a chin diaper. What percent? It's not doing any good. What 25 to 30. <laughs> consistently. <laughs> meaning it's virtually never in the uh, right place. Wow. So Stephen Salzberg, biostatician at Johns Hopkins University, it's got to be rewarding work, said even though masks are getting millions of people to wear them, wear them consistently and properly is a far greater challenge. Uh, the part of the problem is that effective masks are much less comfortable. They cover a large part of your face, fit snugly, and restrict the flow of air. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, and so... Long story short, the mask mandates didn't do any good. And people yeah. are still wearing them. Oh, man, Judy and I flew back and forth across the country the other day, the, uh, last weekend. And uh, the number of people I saw with ill-fitting cloth masks, who I'm sure were certain that they were just really getting her done. I was thinking, all right, you sad sack. You don't understand science. Yeah, but well, if you were, not my problem. I wore a lot of ill-fitting sad sack masks, too. But I was just trying to fulfill the requirement demanded upon me. I wasn't worried about it. Yeah, so that's why yeah. I was doing it. But, um, yeah, well, you know, the restaurant example or the plane example. Yeah, so so the people get to take off their mask for 15 entire minutes while they eat their peanuts. Of course, if they have the disease, they've spread it. Yeah, of course they did. So, darrr. <laughs> The lifeguard shortage, a yet another wrinkle in our really crazy economy that we've got right now. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. You have a new Jurassic Park movie. You have a new Thor movie. You have Elvis. You have Nope. You have a Minions film. You have a new Pixar film, Lightyear. I don't think this is going to be a one-off, kind of like uh, Spider-Man was in the holiday season last year. That's a talk that Top Gun Maverick having such a big weekend. Maybe the movie industry's making a bit of a comeback. People going back to the theaters. That Elvis movie looks super cool. I mean, at least the promos I've seen, but I don't know if it is or not. Yeah, um, Judy and I watched the whole uh, trailer the other day. It looked pretty compelling. Yep, yep, really does. You got a fat Tom Hanks in it. What's not to like about that? <laughs> Man, if that doesn't get you into the theater. Come on. We got to go, honey. Tom Hanks is fat in this movie. <laughs> uh, before we get to the lifeguard shortage... I was just thinking there is a, um, uh, I'll be vague. There is a, um, uh, a person working around here now that is very pleasant and had had a discussion with the boss the other day about, uh, how, how nice that is for everyone. 
and was thinking to myself, because this is on my mind a lot, as I have a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old headed toward, you know, I hope it's someday the the, the world of uh, making a living and having a mm-hmm. job. I'm hoping here in the next couple of years, I'll have, Sam will have a job. It's just, hey, young people, just being a pleasant presence at work goes a long way versus the opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge. Just, just your being there, making things better as opposed to worse, is a big deal. Well, I think I was that when I was younger. I'm certainly not at this age. I'm, I bring down every room oh. I walk into. Oh, chief dark cloud. I'm just, oh, yes, I'm just a like a dark rain cloud walking the hallways. But when I younger, I was younger. I think I think I added to the uh, enjoyment of the experience of being there. And if you can the do that, spring decor, mon frere. Yeah, if you can add to the experience of people being at work, just through being pleasant, I think that's huge. Underappreciated you know, as a uh, as a thing. To sum it up, and this is a discussion we've had through the years, uh, people, no matter what stage of your career you're at, people are either rooting for you or rooting against you, mm. generally speaking. And especially when the tough breaks come and tough decisions have to be made, all those seeds you sowed where people are rooting for you, it's a good thing. So the lifeguard shortage is serious. About a third of the public pools might not be able to open because they don't have enough lifeguards. There are 300,000 public pools, and 100,000 of them don't have enough lifeguards to get open. Oh, how disappointing for the kids. For instance, in Minneapolis, just three of the 12 public beaches had lifeguards last year. Why, do you ask? Have people lost interest in saving drowning people? It's no longer in fashion. Most people I knew who were lifeguards, I was never a lifeguard, but most people I knew were lifeguards, it was to get to sit and be super tan and hang around with other tan, good-looking young people. That was the Mm. main appeal of the job for people I know who did it, men and women. What's not to like? Exactly. The leathery skin of the over-tanned 50-year-old? But anyway. Well, well, yeah, yeah. What's not to like? The, what is that surgery I had in my head? The most surgery you get at age 50. That's that's what's not to like. But when you're 19 and you're tan and she's tan and you both get off work at the same time, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, that's funny you should mention that. I got a good message from my dermatologist. They never call when I can take the call. And then, of course, you can never get them on the phone. I have a feeling they want to treat me like that chef treats a roast beef under the, the red lamp there at the carving station. But I'm getting used to it. They numb me up, all right? Anyway, it's no, no damn fun. Use sunscreen, kids. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, why is this, though? Well, other companies are coming in that just pay more money to the 16, 17, 18-year-olds who normally are lifeguards. You now have to, as your local public pool, compete with Amazon, Target, Chick-fil-A, all the other businesses that are paying. Like, used to be considered a really good wage, like a skilled professional would make. To go work at Chick-fil-A, and so you do that. You're not going to be as tan, but you're going to make more money at Chick-fil-A. Well, well, here's why it's even worse than that. As bad as that is, again, I picture, oh my gosh, I had so much fun at the, the public pool as a kid. Yeah. I was so just, much, oh, oh yeah, I just loved it. Oh, we spent days there. My, I mean, days every summer. You swim yeah. for a while, and then you go over to the concession stand and get an otter pop. Well, what's not to like? Uh, here's what made out a real otter, too. It's, it's extra delicious. Anyway, um, here's what's extra bad about that. The vast majority of kids 
learn to swim taught by lifeguards and mm. swimming classes, mm. whether group or individual. Right. And, and there's nobody to teach kids how to swim. So that could have tragic consequences going forward. I hadn't even thought of that. That's why I'm here. Anyway, uh, so gosh, dang it. Get your kids signed up because uh, early and often because it could be tough to squeeze them into classes. And that's an incredibly valuable skill. Although I would like to know, and I, I don't doubt the logic of that story I just read. I would like to know, has lifeguarding changed as much everywhere in the country as it has in California? Because I've been on this for quite a while. The freaking public pool near me. They have so many stupid, freaking, moronic rules oh, wait that the lifeguards have to enforce. And then if there's even the slightest incident of any kind, they shut down the pool and all the lifeguards gather and fill out paperwork for 20 minutes. Like if somebody threw, threw a Nerf ball and it hit a kid in the head and he cried, or one kid paddled around and said, help, for two seconds, um, instead of just, no, you're okay, uh, they start clear out the pool and fill out paperwork for the government for two, 20 minutes. Wow. Well, that's got to be a factor. That sounds <laughs> miserable. Yeah, it's a lot different than the friends I had as lifeguards when I was a kid, where you're just going to sit there and tan. For no the, running. For, yeah, no running. Occasionally say no running. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a good point. Good point. Oh, Speaking of lifeguards, it's long been known that uh, L.A. lifeguards is this gigantic scam. You get on the public payroll, make enormous amounts of money. You can't believe how much. Uh, we'll have that for you after a quick word from our friends and sponsors at Simply Safe Home Security. I mean, they're talking about all the different ways the Simply Safe system, which you customize to your home, can protect you. But let's skip to a point we usually make toward the end of the commercial. No long-term contracts. No installation fees, no hidden fees. So you've got a better system, and it's far less expensive than the traditional. Yeah, to put the simply and simply safe, it's simple to set up. It's simple to use. I have known so many people who had uh, a home security system. One, they were locked into a multi-year contract. And two, they rarely turned it on because it was just too many menus and buttons and complicated, and it ended up going off when they didn't want to. So they didn't really use it. You will use simply safe. Simple to use, simple to set up. And it will protect you against randos and break-ins and fires and floods and whatever you need. Again, you customize it. Customize the perfect system for your home Your home in just minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So we've uh, reported on this a couple times through the years, uh, but it re- remains amazing. There are, uh, it's another Cal Unicorn story. Once you get on the public payroll, once you're a government employee, you got unions and protections and you make horrific amounts of money, just unbelievable amounts of money. For instance, uh, da, 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 Back in 2019, there was an article from, who is this? Oh, oh, open the books. It's a report on government uh, employees and and money and that sort of thing. Um, And they reported back in 2019 that the top paid lifeguards in L.A. made up to $392,000. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Now, granted, there's some training. You got to know how to dive into the water, swim out there. Oh, listen to him. He's he's bullying. Me. Don't give me that there's some training. Whatever. You're going to tell me that if you opened that up to half that amount, you wouldn't get a line a mile and a half long of qualified people? Come on. 
Well, perhaps. But so anyway, that was in 2019. I remember doing that story. Uh, well, <laughs> 2022 says to 2019, hold my very expensive beer. Daniel Douglas was the most highly paid, earned $510,000. Well, that's reasonable. 510,283 specifically, an increase from 442,712 oh a couple God. years ago. As the lifeguard captain, he out-earned a thousand of his peers. His salaries, a hundred and fifty thousand. Perks, uh, about twenty-nine thousand. Eighty-five thousand in benefits, and a whopping two hundred and forty-six thousand dollars in overtime pay. Oh my God! And liberals should be mad about this, not just fiscal conservatives. If you're a liberal and you care deeply about the homeless or having enough money to make our schools safer against shooters or whatever your cause is, you should be outraged at this. Second highest made uh, 463 grand and change. Uh, the auditors at OpenTheBooks.com found 98 L.A. lifeguards, 98 of them, folks. Plenty of beaches in L.A., very enjoyable. Watch the girls in the bikinis, enjoy the sun. 98 of them earned at least $200,000, including benefits last year, and wow. 20 made three hundred grand, between three hundred and five hundred and ten. Your college graduate who's six figures in debt with their whatever degree that can't get a job will never make as much money as many of those lifeguards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's oh, not just boy. the cash compensation after 30 years of service, which would be a lot of lifeguarding, granted. L.A. lifeguards can retire as young as 55 years old on oh, sure. 80% of their pay. Sure, that makes sense that we pay you to uh, for the rest of your life. That is just insane. God, taxpayers get ripped off. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and again, how do liberals not care more about this? I just think that they it's it's uh, your uh, we came up with two terms, the NATO of liberalism or the they, they have an association where you dare not criticize any of your teammates for anything. Even though, Jack, as you pointed out quite aptly, when it comes to having enough money to accomplish what you think the government ought to be doing, and I probably disagree with you on a lot of it, but anyway, you've got so... You have Mount Everestian piles of money at your disposal to accomplish these wonderful grand unicornian schemes y'all dream of. If you would just... Take care to not squander taxpayer dollars. But government employee unions are squarely on the left's team. So you dare not criticize them. And with all public employees, the question is, should always be the same. Can you get somebody else to do it for less? I don't care whether it's a cop or a firefighter or a teacher or a lifeguard. Can you get somebody else who's qualified to do it for less? If you can, then do it. That is your Mm -hmm. obligation. Sure, and if you can't, great. Pay them what you got to yeah, pay them. I'm fine. If you got to pay cops X to get qualified people, well, then that's that's just the way it is. That's just the way. It, but we're way on the other side of that number with almost all of those groups that I just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, these are weird. Where's that? No, no jumping. No jumping. God, that should. Now be, I got to fill out paperwork. That should police be police reports. Well, yeah, there is no jumping. No, no, no jumping. Uh, well, you can jump straight in with your feet. You can't bend your knees or that's a cannonball. That's against the rules of the pool. You will get kicked out. You can't. Well, cannonballs suggest militarism. You can't jump straight in with your feet if you jump up in the air and you turn while you're in the air and then land facing a, a slightly different direction. That's against the rules. 
God knows, don't do a jackknife because no weapons allowed at the pool. You can't hold on to the wall and kick your feet like we all did all the time. You can't do that. Wait a minute. You might kick somebody. What are you, maniac? Jeez! (laughs) You should be preemptively jailed for your radical maniac beliefs. We are raising a generation of veal calves. And now... Anxiety-written, depressed veal calves. Way to go, America. If you Keep getting safer and safer. Keep listening to freaking attorneys as we ruin our children. If you, Jeez, if, you, if you've been listening for years, you know how mad I was getting about this several years ago when my little kids were getting whistled and yelled at for doing things that every kid in the world does at the pool. Now I have the extra layer of knowing that the, the 18-year-old that just whistled my kid probably makes more money than everybody I know. <laughs> that's just an added layer of deliciousness. Well, now that's L.A. Beach lifeguards. That's that's not uh, your. I'm sure local they have the same rules. Pool. Los Angeles crumbling. God dang it! A crazy society. Our text it. line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
In terms of the unlikely hero uh, of the book, in my view, is Dory Miller, who is this African-American. He comes out of Texas. Um, His first name is Doris. And he said, when my mom and dad gave me the name of Doris, I learned to be a boxer. He became a, a terrific fighter and then joined the Navy. The bad news is the Navy is in this period of time segregated, it's racist. On Pearl Harbor Day on the battleship West Virginia, Dory Miller mans an anti-aircraft gun that he really hasn't been trained to operate and shoots down Japanese Zeros. Later, he was asked why he was so good at it. He said, it's just like shooting ducks. You point the barrel where the duck is headed. Dory Miller was awarded the Navy Cross, first African-American to receive that award, second highest in our pantheon of of medals, and went on uh, tragically to die at sea in the war. The next U.S. Navy aircraft carrier is going to be named the USS Dory Miller. I'm proud to be part of that line of heroes. I thought that was a great story from Admiral James Trevitas, who we interviewed yesterday on the Armstrong and Getty Show. You can get that in podcast form. At Armstrong and Getty On Demand, we talked a lot about uh, Ukraine and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, really good interview, interesting guy, and uh, wow, that's a really cool story. Uh, Excellent. So, uh, speaking of stories, this one is not very cool. I keep meaning to pay it off. I haven't. A woman visiting Yellowstone National Park died after a bison gored her and tossed her through the air. 25-year-old woman decided to get good and close to a full-grown female bison. Does that make me a bad person that I don't care? Uh, no. (laughs) Okay, it's in. The decision is in. No. No, I've said many times, uh, when, when somebody decides to get really close to a giant wild beast to take a selfie, the photographer's name is Charles Darwin. This gal, and you know what? I'll bet she was a nice lady, and I'm not yep. glad she's dead. No. Not at, not at all. She came within ten feet of a mama bison. No, I wouldn't have pushed her in front of the bison, but I'm just saying, you know, of all the horrible things that happen to people do just living their lives doing the right thing, you know, there were signs everywhere saying don't come within twenty five yards of a bison. That's seventy five. Isn't there a sign in the, the 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 reptile part of your brain that says don't do that? You would think so. Yeah, yeah. They ought to paint the bison's with the sign. Don't come within twenty five yards of me. But no, she decided a selfie at ten feet would be great because they're big and fuzzy. They're so cute. Look at them. They're so cute. Anyway, well, and you're going to show the selfie to your friends, and they're going to say, "Oh my God, weren't you scared?" Yeah. Oh, boy. So I hope to get to this next hour, if we have time, uh, at least briefly. Do you remember we talked about this uh, Jonathan Chait article, gosh, several months ago? The title was, School Closures Were a Catastrophic Error. Progressives still haven't reckoned with it. Sometimes you need to own up to an error so it's not repeated. Okay? And I still have that handy because it was so well-written and so powerful. Well, of all places, the New York Times... Big article today. 362 school counselors on the pandemic's effect on children. And you could go with a number of these quotes as their headline. They go with anxiety is filling our kids. You could go with 
Uh, kids have the highest level of anxiety I've ever seen. Kids mm. are filled with fear. I've seen more physical fights this year than in my 15 previous years combined. Interestingly, the headline is uh, the pandemic effect on children. They don't say the government policies right. effect on children or the school closure effect on children. Continuing to pretend in the face of uh, Mr. Chait's article that every government response to the pandemic was inevitable and was perfectly reasonable. Uh, but uh, they asked school counselors, how are, how are the kids doing? And they echoed the words of the American Academy of Pediatrics, and even the Biden administration saying, we are dealing with a public health emergency. My question, and then I'll leave it alone for now, is we have, beyond question, an enormous emergency with our young people, our children, our adolescents, our young adults. Why is that not in the headlines every single day? What's being done about it? What people are thinking about it? What scientists are saying about it? You want to know the answer? Because it doesn't have a clear partisan uh, purpose. Mm. Hmm. Nobody's going to score points or get contributions or get votes one way or the other. Or at least they perceive that's not the case. So nobody's talking about it. We'll talk about it some next hour. Things are going rough in Ukraine. It's time we all recognize that, according to David French of the Dispatch. I'll read some of that to kick off Hour 3 of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.